Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Standing triumphantly, Optimus Prime looks over the Energon cubes he just liberated from the evil Decepticons. Megatron, Soundwave, and Starscream are all battered and defeated. Oddly enough, however, Megatron is still sticking around at a distance while the others have fled. Optimus calls out, Why are you still here? Eager to get beaten again? It is then that a rumbling can be heard as Juggernaut storms his way onto the scene. No, Megatron responds. I just wanted to see the look on your face when my friend arrived. Optimus takes in the roaring powerhouse and gets ready for the fight of his life. It's Convoy versus Kane. It's Orion Pax versus Kurt, Breaker of Stone. It's Optimus Prime versus Juggernaut. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gabsy, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Race to Canis. Today's episode is another ultimate battle where two titanic forces in geek culture are put on a collision course. In one corner, you have the juggernaut, the irresistible force in Marvel Comics that many state that no one can stop. And in the other corner, you have Optimus Prime, quite possibly the greatest leader and strategic thinker in all of geek culture. As usual, I did the patented who would win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And this match has been discussed and hotly debated for many decades. But this, this right here is the very first time this particular battle has ever gotten the who would win treatment. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm fascinated by today's matchup. We have on one hand, as you said, Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots. Very, very powerful, very potent character. He is in a redemption match today because he did lose against Dr. Doom in a previous matchup. You got to be careful when you pair Optimus Prime because he is very powerful, but that power does hit a certain limit that can be overtaken by somebody like a Dr. Doom. 
or dare I say a juggernaut. On the other hand, of course, you have the unstoppable force. You have Juggernaut, a character who keeps getting more and more ridiculous. He's like one of these anime protagonists, except in the comic book world as a villain. He keeps getting more and more ridiculous. They keep taking away his weaknesses in comics, and I look forward to raising my hand in victory today. We'll have to see about that. Look, this matchup begs the question of whether or not Optimus Prime could find a way to stop Juggernaut, someone who has a legendary status of being quite literally unstoppable. Really, this matchup is the very definition of epic. So when you're faced with this type of epic battle, you need an epic judge to decide on a winner. And Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, we have such a person making another appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's actor and comedian extraordinaire, the host of the Own Every Word game show. You know who it is. It's Matthew Harris. Matthew, welcome back to Who Would Win. I am so glad to be here. This is an epic battle. And I, whew, it's a, it's a heavy, it's a heavy honor heavy in the sense that uh, I want to get this one right. And there's a lot of responsibility with like judging something this epic. Look, yes. before we get into this, tell the Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, what you've been up to. Actually, I have I am fresh off of uh, two performances at the San Francisco Sketch Fest with my troupe and our show called The Untold Stories of Rap. We had some wonderful shows, packed house, just really good stuff that happened down there. Met some amazing comedians. Uh, it is It was a wonderful, wonderful time. And I'm going to keep people posted, keep to my uh, socials, which I'll announce uh, a little bit later. But the rom-com that i was in called future date is now starting to make the rounds at film festival oh, so wow. uh more to come with that as it goes so exciting times very exciting you're the lead of course and the uh, star behind this movie which everyone should go see and we can't wait for the legion of audience to uh, enjoy it as well all right look we got to get to this this is an insane battle possibly the biggest battle we've had yet for season six which is already off to a glorious start Ray, with all that being said, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Hasbro, the Autobot leader who paid a little extra for free shipping, Optimus Prime. And representing Marvel Comics, the unstoppable force who once met singer Billie Eilish and was quoted as saying, I'm the juggernaut, Eilish. Juggernaut. I mean, you just nailed that accent. Exactly. Exactly what the juggernaut sounds like. Now, yeah, well me done, and Vinny Jones, basically the same voice. Absolutely. Before we go any further, let's go over the basics of a Hoodwin match. Now, each debater will make three points. Keep in mind that the Hoodwin match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge or prep time allowed. And the debater has to stay within the confines of the character being debated. And when it comes to determining the winner, it's the judge who has the final say and will determine which character lost based on death, incapacitation, or battle through removal, with no outside interference being allowed. Remember, you can always check out all the rules on our website at www.hoodwinshow.tv. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Visit www.whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some great Who Would Win shirts and merch. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for The Juggernaut. The Juggernaut is a brutish powerhouse and prominent member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, despite not actually being a mutant himself. He was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, and first appeared in The X-Men, number 12, in 1965. Kane Marco was empowered by a gem from a godlike demon named Sidorak and now has massive strength and durability. Quite literally, an unstoppable force, 
Juggernaut often opposes his stepbrother, Professor Charles Xavier, and the X-Men team that he leads. While the basic facts of Juggernaut's origin and mutantness have changed depending on the property that he's a part of, he's always super strong, super tough, and a force wherever he goes. Now, fun fact, Juggernaut might come across like all work and no fun, but that is not always the case. At one point in his story in the comics, Juggs was on trial for his crimes, and he was being defended by the world-famous superhero lawyer known as She-Hulk. Now, She-Hulk gets Juggernaut acquitted of all his charges, and over the course of the trial, the two of them will say, dated? For a very brief period of time. The insurance agent who had to figure out the damage caused by the two of them could not be reached for comment. And that is the Juggernaut. I mean, it sounds like they destroyed the restaurant they went to for dinner. Or maybe they they threw the bowling balls too hard down the alley for... Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a case where I would just say, read the comic and, and judge for yourself. Got it. Crazy, crazy date. All right, very cool, right Now, here are the details for Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime was created by Takaro Tomi Toy Company and Hasbro and first appeared in episode one of the iconic Transformers animated series back in 1984, which, by the way, is also the version of Optimus Prime I'll be using for today's battle. Optimus Prime is the selfless, courageous, and awe-inspiring leader of the heroic Autobots. Originally a mere civilian known as Orion Pax, he was chosen to carry the matrix of leadership in order to command and liberate the Autobots, which was the first number of heavy burdens he had been forced to bear, with another being the fact that he was responsible for bringing the Autobots and Decepticons to, you know, that whole civil war to Earth. Every casualty, human or Cybertronian, weighs heavily on his soul, otherwise known as a spark. Once on Earth, Cybertronian technology gave him the ability to transform into the greatest vehicle ever, the 1979 Kenwood Tractor Trailer Truck. No joke. On the battlefield, there are a few who rival Optimus Prime's power, tactical genius, and resolve, and that includes our Lord and Savior, and most likely next President of the United States, the almighty Megatron. Optimus Prime's compassion for other sentient beings is his only real weakness, but oddly enough, is also his greatest source of strength. In the end, he would do anything to protect his fellow Autobots or any human whom, whom he sees is under his protection. And here's an interesting fact about Optimus Prime. You know, I had something I was going to say that was really cool that was comics related. There's actually a funny story about one of my kids. I won't say which one. His name is Rex. When Rex was really young, he had to do an assignment on very famous military leaders and thinking maybe there's Churchill or other type of leaders as well. I said, hey, just go ahead and figure out. Here's your choice. Go for it. Not remembering that he and I had just watched a number of episodes of the classic Transformer series. Sure enough, his whole you know, project was written about the most famous military leader that he could think of, Optimus Prime. So I get the report card back for or the, the mark back from the grade for the teacher and the teacher said, you know what? He's not wrong. So there you have it. Optimus Prime, possibly the greatest leader of all time. Kids, write about him. See what kind of grades you get in school. And that's Optimus Prime. Matthew Harris, do you have any questions before we get started? No questions. Just excited to go for it. I love it. This is the kind of match that defines who would win. I don't think anyone does it better than us at this point. So let's get this party started. Ray, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for the Juggernaut. Let's just start with basic Juggernaut stuff and talk about his pure, unadulterated power. Now, Juggernaut, as a character, originally joined to fight in the Korean War alongside his brother, uh, stepbrother, Charles Xavier. 
he kind of, they put them in the exact same platoon together, which I thought was a little bit weird. And he decided after essentially his first taste of combat, I am out of here. And he left the battle to go off and explore on his own, where he found this gem of Sidorak, which then imbued him with magical powers to turn him into the Juggernaut. Now, as this mythical Juggernaut uh, magical character, he is 10 feet tall and 2,000 pounds. I appreciate that he is not nearly as big as Optimus Prime. That said, he's not exactly tiny in his own regards either. That's the point I would like to make. His strength is virtually immeasurable. It's right up there with Hulk level. I can't test this strength because it keeps getting bigger. He's held up skyscrapers. He's picked up tanks and thrown them. He's uh, He did a hand clap, which then knocked out Cyclops and the Generation X. And let's not forget his unstoppable charge. Once he starts moving, he literally cannot stop until he chooses to. And he usually doesn't choose to unless whatever it is he's opposing is flattened and or destroyed. He is known as the unstoppable force for a reason. At one point, he was teleported to like the center of the earth and he just smashed his way for an entire month straight up through the different, you know, crusts of the earth to get back to the surface again. And by the time he got there, he was angry. He wasn't having it anymore. I mean, this is a guy who could also uh, pound his way through water. This is a guy who's taken a Cyclops beam and essentially laughed it off uh, because it was trying to stop him. World War Hulk once tried to get in his way and it didn't go very well for him. We remember that character from a couple episodes of Who Would Win Show ago. Let's not forget. This is a guy who rips Deadpool in half. Granted, that's the movie version, but still, I don't care. You pick up Deadpool and rip him in half. That is a minor thing that you can do, and it's an incredible feat. But not just power. He's got speed as well. This is a character who's been clocked at 600 miles an hour running before. He essentially runs as fast as what? Bullets fired from a gun? Keep that in mind for a point I'm going to make later. Not just that, the endurance factor. He can't get tired. Like physically, he cannot get tired. He is, it's magical powers. That's the thing to really point out here. This isn't just like he's strong because he worked out a lot. He's strong because there is a magical demon granting him massive levels of power who wants him to destroy things. You know what this demon would love to see him destroy? Optimus Prime. Not just that, I've seen some examples of Juggernaut in the comics having some sort of matter transference ability where he picks up a rock, like a normal sized rock, and then he throws it, and by the time it lands, it's become a giant boulder. So you might think he's throwing something small at you, but by the time it gets to you, it's somehow much more uh, large. Again, magic. And the other thing I thought was interesting and fun is that he can imbue weapons with his core magical powers as well. So he is an unstoppable force, but theoretically he could and has imbued the juggernaut power into a sword, which suddenly makes this sword an unstoppable force, meaning it will cut through anything he could. And I haven't seen him do this, but he could do that to bullets in a gun as well and fire the gun. And suddenly these bullets will never stop ever and just keep shooting through the earth, some sort of terrible nightmare scenario that will take out many, many people until it eventually breaks the atmosphere and goes into space and kills aliens. Who knows? 
The point I'm trying to make here is magic strength is going to be way more than Optimus Prime is ready for. And that's my point number one. All right. Excellent, excellent points to get this battle started. But I got to kind of push back a little bit on a few of them. Now, first of all, Optimus Prime is 22 feet tall. That's not really going to be a factor, you know, his height. I just thought it was a kind of cool thing to mention because Juggernaut is so big as well at 10 feet tall. Now, Juggernaut, it's hard to stop him, although he has been stopped. Takes a lot of power to do it. He has been stopped, but he has been redirected. So once Juggernaut starts going, you can kind of redirect him or veer him off his path a little bit as well and make him totally throw off his game. So that's something that's there as well. You know, Juggernaut uses the Crimson Bands of Sidorak, right? And what's interesting about these, they almost have like a Green Lantern power ring thing, which is like you have to almost be worthy, have the right attributes, willpower, whatever it is. And it might actually jump from Juggernaut to someone else. So just like it did and when it chose Colossus to then bear the bands of Sidorak, so Colossus became Juggernaut, which is kind of interesting, that could actually happen to Optimus Prime. The Bands of Sidorak chose Colossus because Colossus was so virtuous and powerful and a noble person would do the right thing with all this stuff. That actually sounds a lot like Optimus Prime. I'd love to see Optimus Prime get, you know, become like Optimus Juggernaut Prime, whatever it's going to be. And then the last thing I got to say, Juggernaut can pound his way through water. As Ray Takana said, I didn't know that the Juggernaut and I had so much in common. What a great feat to bring up Ray Takana. All right, listen, let's my, let me get to my point number one. For my point, I'm also going to go with powers and abilities of Optimus Prime. And as I mentioned earlier, Optimus is one of those powerful Transformers. is absolutely the most powerful Transformer of his size, which is saying something. Now, during the original animated series, often referred to G1, Prime demonstrated an insane level of powers and abilities that when you add them all up, makes you think he really, I've mentioned this before when I previously repped him, you really think he should never lose a battle ever, just, just like Juggernaut, because it takes something way more powerful than that. It, it just, he brings a lot to the table in that area. First of all, Optimus Prime is strong. He's super strong. Optimus is so strong at one point, he jumped into the water, which was insanely deep. And while swimming, effortlessly, tip, effortlessly tipped over an oil tanker that weighed over 770,000 tons. He did that effortlessly while swimming. Not staying on anything, just tipped it over. That's crazy. That's not all, by the way. On top of that, Optimus Prime can fly, shoot lasers out of his hands. He can also detach and move his limbs through the air and have them operate perfectly while they're detached or separate from his body through mental control. And as Ray Sikana says, if you can fly and have the aerial advantage, you're probably winning this fight just with that alone. Now, on top of that, he's also got a crazy set of weapons. He's got an ion blaster that, as far as I can tell, operates like a combination of a powerful laser shotgun and cannon that seemingly never runs out of ammo, as far as I can tell. It's powerful enough to take out Megatron. He can even be shot from Earth into space, where Optimus Prime blasted a spaceship that was in orbit. That's a lot of range. That means he doesn't have to fight Juggernaut up close and personal to take him out. Now, Optimus Prime also has a trailer, that Kenwood trailer. And not just any trailer, but a trailer turns into a battle station, has a laser cannon that can be shot separately. It's also insanely super powerful on its own. And Optimus Prime is also extremely durable. He's able to easily tank blasts from Megatron, survive huge explosions at point-blank range, easily survive falls from hundreds of miles in the sky. I'm not saying he's as durable as the Juggernaut, but I'm not saying... He's not insanely durable as well. On top of all that, Optimus Prime can retract his right hand. This is my favorite thing I wish he did more often to unleash his patent pending laser axe that looks like a cross between an axe and a lightsaber. Look, producers of Transformers animation, not the live action movies, but the animation. Please, more laser axe. I'm just saying. Now, not just with these powers, abilities, and weapons alone, Optimus Prime, really, when we put it all together, 
becomes one of those powerful opponents Juggernaut has ever had to face with all the diverse things he can bring to the table. And we haven't even gotten to the good parts of Optimus Prime yet. All of that is my point number one. James, you bring up a lot of very, very good points. I think Optimus Prime is very, very strong. Look, he's he, he has to be strong mentally as well as physically because he is the leader of a group of giant fighting robots who uh, destroy other giant fighting robots for their power and energy. And I think that's fantastic. Now, is he strong? He said it takes a degree of strength to in order to like put down the juggernaut and stop him. World War Hulk couldn't do it. You're telling me Optimus Prime is somehow stronger than World War Hulk, who two episodes of this show, uh, what, a couple episodes of the show ago, you would never have argued that point during that first battle of the season. So, uh, no, I don't think that he is strong enough to actually stop him in any way. The other thing is Optimus Prime has died so many times and been defeated so many times in every form. He's died in the animated G1 series. He's died in Beast Wars multiple times. He's died in the live action movies. He's died three times in the comic books. Doesn't matter where he is, Optimus Prime gets killed a lot. Uh, interesting points, which I will hopefully have answers for later on. Let's see what the judge has to say. Matthew Harris, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? So far, it, it, I'll tell you this. Really good points. I, I like the, the fervor that you're both bringing to these really amazing characters. Uh, I will say, you're both coming out swinging at this point. I do have a couple of questions for clarification, though, as I'm sort of watching you build your cases here. First of all, for Ray, this question is for you. Which version of the Juggernaut are you representing? Oh, excuse me. I should have mentioned earlier, this is, of course, the comic book version of Juggernaut. Okay, comic book version of Juggernaut, that helps. And James, just to clarify here, because I, the, you, this is, uh, and this also speaks to the point of what kind of character we're talking about here, Optimus Prime, you were listing so many attributes that he had, I just wanted to clarify what I heard so that I can... I can uh, have it make my my choice here. I heard the the laser axe hand, uh, awesome. I heard about his ion blaster. Did you happen to mention, or or did I, that he, aside from the blaster, aside from the axe hand, can he also separately shoot lasers from his hands? Uh, like that a, is as something as its own ability. That's correct. That is something I was going to bring up later on, but let's bring it up right here. He can shoot lasers from his hands. You know, his hand can turn into a laser axe. Shooting lasers from his hands is a thing that he did do during the uh, animated series, okay. the G1 animated series. Okay, awesome. So right now, even Steven, these are very strong characters. These are very durable characters. There's there's a little bit more strength over here, a little more durability over here, a little better uh, uh, range and flight over here. So round one, that it's an even round. I love it. I mean, this is where we always are for round number one because we both bring it. Let's see what's going to happen because this battle is heating up. We'll be right back for point number two. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, 
M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And we're back. Ray, let's see what you've got. Hit us with your point number two. Point number two for the juggernaut. Let's talk about his ridiculous and impressive defense. Because this is a character who, quite frankly, cannot be hurt. He cannot be hurt. He could be hit. He could be melted. And he still cannot be hurt. He wears an armor called the Crimson Cosmos, which is magical armor. Again, imbued with the power of Sidorak. What this helps provide, along with his magical aura, is a magical force field all around him at all times. Cyclops, again, hit him with one of these laser blasts that had the capacity, it said, to burst the earth. And he hit Juggernaut with it, and he just laughed it off. He took it and knocked it away and was no problem whatsoever. He's not just the unstoppable Juggernaut. He is quite literally the indestructible Juggernaut. He can absorb pretty much all energy of all kinds, whether that be, you know, an energy beam from, say, an axe on a Transformer's hand, or whether it be some sort of physical kinetic energy coming at him, whether it be some sort of magical energy, it doesn't matter. He can just absorb all of it through the powers of his magic. Thor shot lightning at Juggernaut, didn't matter. Thor threw his hammer at Juggernaut and said, ha ha, I'm Thor. Obviously, I have Thor's hammer, which is unstoppable, and you are merely the Juggernaut. What happened? Well, when the th- when Thor's hammer came back to him, Juggernaut was holding on to the handle and smashed into Thor at an alarming amount of damage. He drilled him in a move he was not expecting. I would also point out Wolverine's claws do not hurt the Juggernaut, right? He is basically immune to adamantium. His one alleged weak spot was his eyes. And Wolverine, with his claws, jabbed Juggernaut in the eyes. And he basically put his hand to his eyes, wiped his hand away, and his eyes were completely healed. That's right. He has a healing factor on top of a nearly indestructible force field. It's maybe the best healing factor of all time. This is a character who, through his magical process, has no need to sleep, has no need to eat, has no need to breathe. At one point, he was hurtling through space because he was unstoppable and he just flew and flew and flew and was just getting angrier and angrier because he wasn't doing anything, but he was fine. Otherwise, not damaged in any way. In fact, he prayed to the god Sidorak and said, this is not why you gave me these powers. And Sidorak said, okay, and teleported him back down to earth again to fight World War Hulk and cause untold amounts of damage because that's what the Sidorak god loves 
is chaos, damage, violence. He loves it. Now, this is a character who's also no-sold, no-sold shots from characters called The Stranger. Very powerful. Rogue punched him so hard that it shattered the windows in like a certain area all around them. Didn't hurt him whatsoever. Thor hit him with what was called the God Blast. Nothing. And of course, Hulk punched him and nothing happened. Molten Steel didn't hurt him in any way. And if you think some mind powers might work, nope. His helmet makes him safe from any sort of Charles Xavier kind of mind manipulation. He's immune to that too. The greatest examples. Rhino impaled him. Cool. He healed immediately and didn't just heal himself, healed the armor as well. His healing factor extends to his armor. That's outrageous. And my favorite example, he was reduced and atomized to a full skeleton. A full skeleton. Just wiry standing in front of you. He kept going and within three panels had completely regenerated himself and his armor back to full again, laughing the whole time. And he said, all you need is a little hate to get stuff done. And he's going to find a great hate and a great amount of damage in Optimus Prime as he's ripping his truck guts out and spreading them all over the freeway. And that's my point number two. Okay, great stuff. And I actually think you did a fantastic job representing just how powerful and durable and how hard it is to hurt the Juggernaut that way. Look, hitting him, what have you, that's going to be hard to, to hurt the Juggernaut. But he can be emotionally hurt through someone talking to him. Literally, words can hurt him and get through to him. That, you know, there's been many times where Juggernaut's been talked down from fighting, or at least where some type of conversation or someone saying something to him has distracted him from their true intent to whatever it is to get, you know, something over on the Juggernaut. On top of that, um, the ground that the Juggernaut is standing standing on is not invulnerable, is not durable. So that force field, whatever he's got, which is very, very impressive, extends to his armor and to himself, but his surroundings, not so much. That's going to come into play in a big way. Uh, one thing that can overcome the Juggernaut's magical shield and durability, Sidorax magic, and it's something called more powerful magic. So if you have more powerful magic that, say, operates on a universal scale, as opposed to like a planetary scale like Juggernaut's powers, it can and has overcome his power. And finally, you're right. Juggernaut is fueled by hate. The hate that Juggernaut has, that rage, that's what powers the magic. The more hate he has, the more powerful that shield is, the more powerful everything he is, the stronger he is. I agree with you 100%. Hate is the key to the Juggernaut here. Now, let me get to my point number two. And for my point number two, let's talk about battle experience tactics and Juggernaut's big weakness. Something I typically say for point number three, but I'm just going to dive into it right now. Now, in terms of battle experience, Juggernaut has had quite a, quite a lot, but it absolutely pales in comparison to what Optimus Prime has. Again, Optimus Prime has at least 5 million years. He's at least 5 million years old and has had at least millions of years worth of fighting experience. He's had to fight every kind of powerful Decepticon you can imagine, ranging from Megatron to Galvatron to Devastator, you know, the Voltron-type robot from the combined might of the Constructicoms when we beat in a deleted scene of the Transformers animated film in the 80s, by the way, Race to Canis, just a fun fact right there. And that's 5 million years of war-torn strategies, tactics, and fighting experience against Decepticons with crazy weapons, abilities, and powers. He knows how to recognize the weak points of an opponent and how to use them in a strategy that he can make up on the spot. This is the ultimate, you know, st tactician and strategic master. Again, he's beaten Megatron, Starscream, all the Insecticons, and so many others. But that's the tip of the iceberg. He's even got a win over all of the Decepticons at the same time, even Trypticon, the Decepticon-sized, city-sized dinosaur. And all that together means Optimus is one of the best fighters, again, if not the best fighter, in all the Transformers universe. Yeah, I just said that. And 
you know, a lot of these wins are Optimus using superior strategy, you know, to position his opponent in the right spot or to come up with a plan that's going to neutralize an opponent somehow. He did this when fighting the Insecticons by luring them away from humans by using a fake energy source, something we're looking for. In an episode called The Ultimate Doom, which is from the original series, the Decepticons attempt to bring Cybertron into Earth's orbit, causing catastrophic natural disasters. Optimus Prime, of course, formulates a plan to disrupt the space bridge, you know, network on the spot that the Decepticons were using. All of a sudden, no longer a threat. Cybertron can't come to the Earth's orbit. That's just a big thing. You know, so what does that have to do with Juggernaut's two big weaknesses? So check this out. So Juggernaut can easily be outthought and outmaneuvered, and he's also very susceptible to battlefield removal, whether he un unintentionally removes himself or is removed by an opponent. So, in Amazing Spider-Man number 230, Spider-Man faces the seemingly impossible task of stopping the Juggernaut. I love this comic book. Recognizing he can't outmuscle him pretty quickly, Spider-Man lures Juggernaut into a construction site where he tricks him into sinking into a pool of wet cement. Look, I'm not saying Juggernaut's getting stuck in wet cement and that's stopping anytime soon. It's just proof that he can be lured into traps. On top of that, Beast and Deadpool each have a win over Juggernaut by using the environment and the situational awareness to their advantage, which all that means is they lured Juggernaut somewhere where Juggernaut fell through the ground and fell a good distance or position where he trapped himself and just couldn't continue to fight. That's the whole thing. Storm and Spider-Woman literally use an energy blast to battlefield remove Juggernaut because their combined energy, I guess, shot him clear across an ocean and it took him forever to kind of get back. That's a thing that could happen too. Hulk picked up the Juggernaut and threw him miles away. Something Optimus could actually do and get the win. That's, of course, if Juggernaut doesn't grab onto him at the same time. In terms of being blasted across something, yeah, I do think Optimus Prime's weapon can do that. He did shoot something from orbit. He could shoot uh, Juggernaut, you know, a blast, blast him miles away to battlefield remove him as well. And finally, one of my favorite ways that Juggernaut got beat was when was with the mutant Miranda, a mutant called Miranda, when she used her power to create a well of water, just like a water well, into existence directly under jug Juggernaut, where he then fell into the well. And that was it. And he fell all the way deep into it and couldn't get out. I'm not saying Optimus is going to create a well out of thin air, but shooting the ground directly under Juggernaut to cause him to fall deep in the ground is something he could easily figure out to do. Shooting a mountain so it falls on him, so he's trapped. It takes him a little more than two minutes to get out. Absolutely something Optimus Prime can do. Look, Juggernaut's biggest weakness is his susceptibility to a really good plan that somehow removes him from the field of battle or stops him unexpectedly, traps him somewhere, or makes him drop down a different, whatever it is. Pretty sure millions of years fighting some of the most powerful Transformers ever will have more than prepared Optimus Prime for this battle. All of that is my point number two. Okay, I have a lot to say and a lot to push back on some of the nonsense that you just brought to the table. Now, you're going to argue that words can hurt Juggernaut. You think they're going to have a rap battle? How do you see that going down, James? Optimus Prime and Juggernaut don't know each other. No prior knowledge. All these characters who were able to talk to Juggernaut were people he wanted to talk to or had a personal effect on his life. This is a one-on-one -on -one first encounter where they are fighting, not hanging out, having a chat. So that's just simply not going to happen. And you argued, oh, very powerful magic can defeat the magic of Juggernaut. When did I miss the part that uh, Scarlet Witch and Optimus Prime are the same person? I'm also missing the part where Juggernaut has defeated Scarlet Witch before in comic books. So what are we even talking about? Optimus Prime is not a magic-based character. I don't even understand where that argument is even taking you. And yes, five million years of combat eventually, so not five million years straight of combat, spread out over a very long period of time, five million years, of Optimus Prime fighting the same people over and over again. Whoever he fights is just going to be a different kind of Transformer. 
Juggernaut is a magical entity, the likes of which he has never encountered before in five million years. You know who's fought robots before, though? Juggernaut. So he's not providing anything that he wouldn't at least conceive of. And also your Spider-Man example is over 40 years old, James. Please, you're Mr. Last Panel of Invincible in the last issue. That's the version I really mean. But also, Ray, your juggernaut has to be from 40 years ago before he got buff after buff after buff after buff. Please. You may as well be talking about Aquaman getting thrown in and almost drowning in his first appearance. That is Garbo. Race to Canis, race to Canis, race to Canis. I just like saying that name quickly three times. Look, we are at the Now I'm in the mirror point. behind you. I know. So come on now. Let's have some fun. Let's. I got snacks. I'm coming back. There you go. We are at the turning point. Matthew Harris, you've had a moment to ponder two points for both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Well, right now, I gotta say, wow, because this round two was absolutely spectacular. I actually felt like I just watched a few movies here coming out. I, I, it's, it's been a, a ping pong of emotions here, so uh, bear with me as I come out, because honestly, Juggernaut came out swinging hard in this one. I mean, it was, this was Clubber Lang the first time he and Rocky met. I mean, it Ooh. was, it was, it was, it was harsh. Um, points that really, really stuck with me are, are this durability factor. I mean, the, the force field, it really does look like this is a character that's very, very hard to hurt. And the healing factor, I mean, in almost all battles, healing factor is, uh, it, it's a hard one to overcome, especially when, when someone has a really fast, uh, a very complete healing factor. That one really impressed me. I'll have to say it really impressed me now. I actually thought, I was like, well, I don't know. It's not looking so good for Optimus, if I have to be honest. But Optimus says, hey, look, don't you count me out. Don't you dare count me out. We start to get into, first of all, millions of years of fight experience. That's a very good point. Uh, now, Ray's rebuttal, I mean, it's a, it's a fair point to say, hey, this is the fight experience. You're really fighting the same type of people. If after a million years you don't formulate a strategy, then what are you doing with your life? However. However, even though he, he's sort of uh, running a simula simulation, that is still millions of years to be able to be the type of person who can, you've seen it all. Even if you've just seen it with specific enemies, you've seen things happen. You've seen it, it all go down. This is, makes me believe that's the kind of character that can improvise more in the sense. And the emotional vulnerability... <laughs> Here's why, I mean, Ray brings up a, a good point. They don't know each other. However, I'm also thinking this is Optimus Prime we're talking about. This is the type of person that they would cut to in commercials because that voice made us want to learn things as children. Uh, that could be a pretty persuasive dude. So I will say at this turning point right now, right now, the edge I'm going to go ahead and give to Juggernaut. Juggernaut has the edge. It's not a big edge. The cards are close. It's still anyone's fight. This could, this really is going to the, no one, there's no knockdowns. You know, maybe uh, if, if Optimus Prime's knee touched the canvas, it was ruled a slip. It's fine. So the, the edge is going to Juggernaut, but Optimus Prime, I still see has a way to win this. Here's what I want to see. Here's what I want to see from, from Optimus Prime. Uh, this, this, this idea of battlefield removal, which, which seems like it could be the way to go. Uh, I need to be convinced that that's something that, 
that can actually happen. And for the juggernaut, which is this ball of hate, really, I just, I need to see the knockout punch. I mean, if, if you're this tough, this, this guy, even though it's Optimus Prime and, and, and he's the champ in many things, if you're that tough, this guy shouldn't be, you should have knocked him out already. So I need to see a knockout blow from Juggernaut and I need to see the sweet science strategy. I'm really into the boxing metaphors right now. The sweet science strategy <laughs> from Optimus Prime. I love it. I love it. Look, things are going crazy. We need to see some of that sweet science right now. And we will when we come back for point number three. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we are back. This is it. Let's see what's going to happen. Ray, hit us with your point number three. Point number three. Let's talk about some of the big wins that Juggernaut has had. Because Optimus Prime has his fair share of wins, right? Beaten Megatron and lesser Decepticons. And that's very impressive. I mean, that's basically the end of his list, but don't worry about that. I'm sure you have something more impressive than, you know, as much as I love Megatron, Juggernaut would flatten him. My question leading into this, though, is how could Optimus hurt him at the end of the day? I love your idea that he would shoot his battle cannon down and try to drive him into the ground, but he can't push him far enough that he'd be incapacitated for two minutes or more. He'd just punch his way back to the surface again and then be rearing to fight Optimus Prime some more. So I just don't know how Optimus Prime can put him down, and I don't think you can prove it, quite frankly. Let's talk about some of the big wins over varied characters that Juggernaut has had. Captain Britain. We all know about Captain Britain. This is sort of a Captain America, but in, in England, if you will. You know, the, the least powerful person I'm going to talk about, but still worth mentioning, Juggernaut uh, wrecked Captain Britain. Juggernaut's wrecked the Thing, obviously. The Thing is a guy who once one-punched the Silver Surfer unconscious, a cosmic-level being. And Juggernaut wrecks the Thing when the two of them meet in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Another great moment is when Juggernaut defeated the Hulk by knocking him unconscious. The two of them were fighting. Juggernaut was actually knocked into quicksand by the Hulk. Good move. Except Juggernaut, being not mentally dumb, he said, oh, Hulk, you'd never let me drown in quicksand. And the Hulk, being a dopey brute, said, oh, no, I will help you out. And when Hulk tried to help out Juggernaut, he got sucker punched and knocked unconscious by the Juggernaut using tactics, using emotion. Not a thing you would expect to see out of Juggernaut, but a thing he can absolutely do. He's also down to character named The Stranger, which if you know your comics is a huge feat. But some other fun stuff. He fought Colossus in a barroom brawl. One of the wildest comic stories of all time, I think. My favorite part of it, though, is when he hit Colossus so hard, he drew blood. Colossus is made of metal, and he drew blood. You talk about getting blood out of a stone, try getting it out of a piece of metal. The blood you draw is usually your own, but not this time. Another character he drew blood from is a character named Scar. Scar is the Hulk's son, who's way, way, way powerful of a Hulk character, and he drew blood as well. He once 
fought World War Hulk. I'll use this name and again, I'll invoke it. James, according to you, in the World War Hulk episode versus the most powerful iteration of Godzilla, Godzilla Earth, a few weeks ago, you essentially argue that World War Hulk is the strongest, most powerful character in a creation. You did that. And congratulations, you won that battle by proving it. Well, Juggernaut fought World War Hulk in the World War Hulk, World Breaker Hulk storyline and fought him to a draw. I don't usually get impressed with draws, but when you fight a character like World Breaker Hulk and you don't lose, that's ridiculous. World Breaker Hulk would end Optimus Prime 10,000 times over. Another great moment. Juggernaut killed Thanos. Here's one I didn't know about till recently. Juggernaut was shrunk to the size of a bullet, essentially put into a gun and fired at Thanos, who thought a bullet was coming at him, but it was a little tiny Juggernaut who burrowed his way through his skull, killing him. That is wild. But not only that, he did that thing I mentioned with the bullet being imbued. He just shot out through the universe and just kept going. He never slowed down because he's the Juggernaut. The wildest thing Juggernaut's ever done, though, and I have to be quick about this, he punched open portals through the fabric of space and time. I don't care what you talk about with Optimus Prime. Juggernaut was punching so hard, he created ripples in the dimensions and was able to go to an alternate dimension just through the pure power of his punching. He's also able to go through time and go through space like it was a wrinkle in time, that old terrible book. This is a guy who punches on a cosmic level. Again, nothing Optimus Prime has in his arsenal matches this. And that's my point number three. All right. I love Ray going into the history of uh, characters. It's something I love doing. Good to see you expand your mind a little bit, Ray Stekanis, and, and kind of bring some new strategies to the table. Got to bring more stuff. That's it, true. Now, listen, Captain Britain, the thing, you got to remember, I didn't kiss a girl until very late in life. Why? Because I was reading comic books. And of the comic books I really loved, I loved the Marvel Universe comic books that would kind of list the strength level and fighting ability and what have you. And Colossus and the thing, good fighters on their own terms, but not even class 100. Thing was like listed, he could lift 80 tons. Colossus, until very recently, was at 70 tons. Both of them insanely underpowered compared to the Juggernaut. Captain Britain, slightly better at 90 tons. Not trying to take anything away from the characters, but that's how they were written. They were supposed to never be able to take on the Juggernaut anyway. That's like me fighting, like, I don't know, you know, my, 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 my kid. And he's really powerful as a kid. He's great. But yeah, I'm kind of expected to overpower him, what have you. So not really a great thing. On top of that, World War Hulk, when he took on Juggernaut, this is, you remember, World War Hulk had levels and would power up and could tap into different powers. At the end of the World War Hulk arc, and even beyond that, he became something that was so powerful, he could destroy planets easily. At the beginning, he was just an insanely powerful version of the Hulk. Nothing wrong with that. That's actually really cool. When he fought the Juggernaut, it didn't really go to a draw. They were fighting at it. Juggernaut charged him. Hulk stopped him for a second, could feel that the momentum was still coming, and just redirected the Juggernaut. So with that momentum, the Juggernaut went flying into another direction, took himself off the field of battle. It was actually a win for World War Hulk. Oddly enough, nice try, Ray Stekanis. Uh, In terms of time and space, punching through that and punching through the whole, um, portals, got to remember, those are one-offs. That's not the common thing that Juggernaut does. Ray, you did a really great job of kind of displaying what he does, what he's known for, and we should really leave it at that. But now, let's make it to my point number three, and everything's going to become very clear. My point number three, you knew I was going to go there. Let's talk about the matrix of leadership. Okay, so originally Optimus Prime was Orion Pax. I mentioned that before, this lowly Autobot worker, until he was deceived by Megatron and then injured in the resulting treachery. 
Alpha Trion and Elder Autobot decided to give the Matrix of Leadership to Orion Pax, which then resulted in him being transformed into Optimus Prime. See, the Matrix of Leadership is kind of like the super serum Steve Rogers took to become Captain America, except that steroid kind of thing for the Matrix is like a steroid on steroid. I'm not really sure where I'm going with this. Anyway, the source of Optimus Prime's physical power, speed, durability, and ultimate wisdom, never mind leadership, all stem from the Matrix of Leadership, that really cool thing he has in his chest. And during Optimus' millions of years of life, He's actually filled the Matrix with a lot more wisdom and leadership and what have you. Now, the Matrix is also a method of the current Autobot leader to communicate with the spirits of past holders of the Matrix in order to gain their wisdom. So if Optimus needed some insight in how to fight Juggernaut, he could get it that way by tapping into that wisdom. Additionally, the Matrix can, Matrix can also be weaponized when the Autobots face what looks like sure oblivion. More on that later. So we're look, we're all familiar with how Rodimus Prime used the Matrix of Leadership to light the darkest hour of the Autobots during the Transformers 80s animated movie, he unleashed massive amounts of energy that destroyed the planet-sized world-leading Transformer known as Unicron. We've been over this. However, there's another example of the Matrix of Leadership being used in even a much grander and bigger and more powerful way by none other than Optimus Prime himself. So in the third season of the original Transformers cartoon, I think it was the third season, there's this horrible disease or contagion from space called the Hate Plague, and that, that Hate Plague comes to Earth, and this turns everyone into these red, raging, screaming, hate-filled beings who want nothing more than to hurt their fellow man. They're full of hate. They just want to hate, hate, hate. That's right. It pretty much made everyone into a race to Canis. And this plague infected all the Decepticons, all the Autobots, all of humanity, and everything else. But the problem was the hate plague, the hate rage wasn't just on Earth. It was something that was spreading across the universe. So Optimus Prime takes the matrix of leadership, holds it up in the air, uh, recites the class line, Light Our Darkest Hour, with which the same you know, song comes up. Anyway, of course, the power of the Matrix completely eradicates the hate plague from the universe. The entire universe, the hate plague, that was making everyone hate everything and themselves, which is horrible, and the Matrix of Leadership erased it from the universe. Something fueled by hate, taken out like that by the Matrix of Leadership. And that's not all. The Matrix of Leadership, evidently, I did some deep research into this, we didn't see it a whole lot. It can also open portals. Now, Ray, you're saying that Juggernaut can punch portals. Don't really think that's a thing. The Matrix of Leadership can open portals. It says it can do so to other dimensions. I doubt that, but I know it can teleport people away if it's needed. Now, here's how I see this battle going. They face off. Juggernaut takes a running start at Optimus. Optimus tries to reason with Juggernaut, who comes at him full blast, running through buildings, demonstrating his power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Optimus blasts a Juggernaut with his laser rifle which does nothing to slow him down. Just as Juggernaut gets close to Optimus, Optimus Prime uses his agility and flight to get out of the way. Optimus, using his literal millions of years of dealing with a seemingly unstoppable type of opponent, starts to come up with a plan. Juggernaut gets in some insane hits on the leader of the Autobots, but Optimus won't go down and gives Juggernaut some massive punches and kicks that send him flying back. But just as much as the Juggernaut gets hit and knocked down, he gets back up right away as well. Optimus sees that if this fight continues this way, Many innocent lives could be in danger, and he can't have that. Using the strategic thinking that has served him well for millions of years against the likes of Megatron, Optimus shoots out the ground underneath Juggernaut. Knowing this is a temporary measure at best, Optimus calls on the power of the Matrix and unleashes a blast that could destroy Unicron and unleashes a blast at Juggernaut that only stops him, but sends him flying many miles away, possibly in space, and takes away the hate that fuels his power. That's the magic I'm talking about. That's the matrix of leadership. In the end, Juggernaut has been defeated many times by both better strategies and battlefield removal. The two things that are at Optimus Prime's disposal in abundance, 
with a matrix of leadership, blasting him the same way he blasted Unicron and removing the Juggernaut's hate that fuels his power. That's why Optimus wins. That's why Juggernaut loses. And that is my point number three. Man, if I didn't know what I was talking about or listening to, that would have been a very compelling argument, James Gavsey. Here's me to explain why you're definitely cherry-picking and definitely not telling full stories, the James Gavsey special. First and foremost, Juggernaut is expected to overpower. You said, oh, he's expected to overpower Thing and Captain Britain and, and all these other characters. Well, that's sort of the point, isn't it? Optimus Prime is probably on a power level with some of these other characters and Juggernaut is expected to overpower him. You're making my point for me. Optimus Prime is not powerful enough to get it done against the Juggernaut. Now, in the 1986 animated movie, the Matrix of Leadership, and I knew you were going to go here, so I fully prepared for your nonsense. It was passed from Optimus Prime. Remember this? He had the Matrix of Leadership when he was murdered by Megatron. He passed it to Ultra Magnus, later to Hot Rod, who became Rodimus Prime, who then used it in a MacGuffin, in a deus ex machina way, to defeat Unicron and has in other essences as well. The point is, Matrix of Leadership didn't help Optimus Prime not die in his own continuity. So I don't know why it would help him not die against Juggernaut. You talked about the portals that it could open. James, that's comic book and novelization version. We've never seen it open portals in the cartoon version, the, you know, the actual one that you're supposed to be talking about today. Nice try. Literally, it is the only weakness of Unicron is the Matrix of Leadership. They wrote it that way. It is the specific weakness of the hate plague. It's not that it eradicated hate. It's that the hate plague could be defeated by the ultimate wisdom of the universe. So he un unratcheted it to shoot that all over the hate plague. And that's what defeated it. He didn't make the hatred stop. That's not going to work against the juggernaut who's too powerful would tear, he'd tear him in half like he's Deadpool. He can't be hurt by any attacks Optimus Prime has. Optimus's only hope is to run away. I love the emotional content that Race to Kingdom brings to these battles. All right, listen, Matthew Harris, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. But before we get to what Matthew has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin patron of the week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Okay, it's high time he gets his look on the Who Would Win Show. And in a very powerful, emotional episode, let's give Oscar, young Oscar, his moment in the spotlight. Ooh. Oscar, it's your day in the sun. You are our patron of the week. All right, Oscar, you know what? I had a whole slew of opponents that I was going to give to this person. But since it's Oscar, I'm thinking outside the box here. Let's have Oscar go up against Orko, the lovable wizard from He-Man. Wow, okay. Orko is a wizard. He is not a very proficient wizard. He is the type of character who's constantly, he's like Inspector Gadget, right? He's going to constantly cast spells and mess things up worse than they already are. And then in the 11th doomsday hour, we'll suddenly have just enough magic perfectly placed, like a Jared Goff pass on 3rd and 15 to Amon Ra St. Brown in the Lions-Bucks playoff game. I could be pulling any reference right now. The point I'm trying to make here is that Orca will suddenly come through in the clutch like Jared Goff. But that's not going to be enough against Oscar because they call Oscar Captain Clutch. So Orko's going to be fumbling around. He's going to be creating weird sprites. He's going to be trapping himself in a bubble he can't get out of. And he's going to be doing all this nonsense that Orko likes to do. 
And then right at the moment when he's about to be defeated by Oscar, who's about to take him like the mountain from Game of Thrones and just grab him by the head and crush his head with his bare hands because Oscar is very powerful. Orko's going to try to do a little cantrip and he's going to go, not today, I'm Captain Clutch and crush Orko's head uh, unseen as it is. It might not even exist. We don't know beyond the scarf and the hat, but it happens. And Orko falls to Oscar violently. Sorry, kids. But this show is not always for the faint of heart. You know what? Orko's got eyes that we see through his hat. So, or underneath his hat, I should say. He's going to get him. I th- yeah, I think there's got to be something holding those eyes in place. It's like a, a Jawa, so to speak. You don't One see the face, hope. but it's there. Right. It's well, terrifying. Well done, Oscar. Congratulations. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up. And you may be featured in an upcoming episode of who would win. Matthew. Matthew Harris. It's time for your decision. Take us through your process, tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between the Juggernaut and Optimus Prime. This is, is, and was, and is an excellent and very epic battle for the ages. What you two have taken these characters through is screen-worthy, screen-worthy and uh, Hollywood. And I know you're listening, Hollywood, and I'm referring to a collective as an individual because we know who you are. And more importantly, you know who you are. We know you're listening. Make this happen. Now, let's sum all of this up. So Juggernaut uh, really has been uh, dropping some powerful, powerful shots. I mean, but that's what the Juggernaut does. What I have heard is uh, examples over and over that are showing the, the, the power. The, 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 the words that I've heard a lot used are irresistible force and... That has definitely been shown here. This is a character that just keeps going and going. Uh, there's an Energizer Bunny reference in there that only a certain demographic and age may get. Uh, but uh, for the rest of you, uh, or maybe even think can't stop, won't stop, bad boy, because that is in the news. Maybe not in the most positive way, but there you have your reference. And... I mean, Juggernaut's the villain, so maybe that does lie here. Uh, so I definitely see that. Now, Optimus Prime, what I am seeing here is, here's a character. Th- this, is, this is the light side Jedi. This is the, 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 this is the good character that is, has been imbued also with magic. Really, really savvy. Uh, uh, really able to adapt. Really able to use uh, much more than brawn to go after a character. So many things going on here, but I, I see a, I see a way now. All the information that I have gotten here, I, I see a way uh, of how this may go down, and I'd like to share that with you because uh, these two characters they meet on the battlefield. Juggernaut he he looks at this Optimus Prime fellow and says, "You know what? I don't like the cut of his jib. Go straight at him, all right?" He, and he he go boom, hits. Hits Optimus Prime. At least Optimus Prime is fast enough. He's quick enough. He sees this guy coming. He's able to at least catch a glancing blow. But that glancing blow can be pretty damaging. He knows. All right, this is somebody who's not messing around. This is this is an incredibly powerful character. I know what power is. So he starts working on him. You know, he starts blasting. He starts doing all this. But he notices not a lot's really landing right now. Now it's not landing the way he wants it to. Laser axes are coming out. He's like, I know. I, I can't play around. I got to get to the serious stuff there's no playing around with this person there's brawling there's brawling it's not working so uh, optimus prime realizes hey i gotta stick and move starts flying around picking him off bing bang boom he's he's shooting he's slicing however these things still not really having an effect so optimus prime says all right this this 
This person is absolutely dangerous. This person is needs to be taken care of because this this could be extremely damaging. I'm going to have to dig into this matrix of leadership. I'm going to have to go to the big, big blast. Big blast! Absolutely blast. Now, we heard that both characters can sort of portal abilities. I'm going to go ahead and discount the juggernauts because it, it, it was presented to me in a way that I believe that that's not necessarily something that's common to that character. Matrix of leadership. Same with the portals because I also have heard that that's not something that's common to the character, especially in the version that's being used. But I do believe that the Matrix of leadership is a very powerful weapon who, even though it wasn't able to save him against Megatron, can unleash massive energy. I do believe it would be enough to impact, not necessarily stop, but definitely slow the roll of the Juggernaut to the point where he would have to struggle. He would have to dig down deep into that hate now what i did here was that it did stop the hate pathogens but ray brought up a couple interesting points about how that worked and i wasn't necessarily convinced that the uh, matrix of, of leadership necessarily just attacks hate on site it's it sounds like it would uh that might also that might even if it was something it could do like just attack and stop hate uh it might be something that needs a little bit of um previous knowledge of this character uh, or at least of knowing that hate would be something that is that fuels this uh didn't hear that however still not taken just that only takes away from the fact that it would it would staunch the hate not the fact that this could be something that might propel the juggernaut big massive thing big dent in the earth juggernaut starts to fall starts to starts to the I'm, I'm looking as it you know you see the character running and the grounds falling out beneath them and there's this ground falling on top of them ground falling on top of them optimus prime stands there looking down thinking this was not what i expected to happen today and right before he flies off it hasn't quite been two minutes the ground opens up the juggernaut pops out he's ready to take optimus prime down optimus prime looks at him and thinks i've thrown everything i got at this guy and then he, he opens his mouth and he gives an inspirational speech. He tells him that knowing is half the battle. He tells him it's not your fault. He tells him you are worth it. You are worthy. He tells him you had me at hello. A single tear falls down the juggernaut's, the juggernaut's eye and he runs right at Optimus Prime and knocks him clear across halfway of the planet only to say as, as there's a look of absolute betrayal and what's going on with this guy, he says, hey, I'm the Juggernaut. Expletive deleted uh, for the kids that are listening. Juggernaut wins. Wow. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I love that. I wanna see it in live action. I actually completely disagree. If Optimus can fly and stay out of the way, how does Juggernaut even hit him? That's the big thing. But listen, the real winners here are the fans who got to hear this magnificent story that needs to be turned into either an animated show or live action. This was cool. I love this fight. Ray Sicanus, congratulations on a win. That was very well deserved. Again, I disagree with the judgment, but man, I loved how it was made. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, how you feel right now. You talk about taking me on a journey. I feel like I have just seen that movie. The only tweak I would have is that instead of the speech, I just think Juggernaut would pop out of the ground, grab Optimus Prime by the leg, and then just rip him to diodes. I think that's more likely a scenario than him, but knocking him halfway across the, across the earth, yeah, I can go with that. He is an irresistible force. He is an unstoppable presence. 
absolutely, there's nothing Optimus Prime can truly do to stop the juggernaut. And I love the fact that our judge really listened, took everything in, and, and made the right decision in this case. Not exactly the way I would have done it, but that's not how this show works. I'm still happy with the result. Great job, Matthew Harris. I got to tell you, even when, it, when the judge makes what I believe is incorrect decision, if they at least bring, or at most, I should say, bring the storytelling element, the excitement, the logic, the facts that both Ray and I brought to the table, I got to tell you, it doesn't hurt as much to lose. Still don't like it, but just doesn't hurt as much. That is the magic of Matthew Harris. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please come back soon. In the meantime, tell our fan base where they can find you online. Well, I want to say, first of all, it was an honor to be here. It was an honor to 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 oversee this battle. What's going on with me is, like I said, uh, if you find me on the socials of It's Matt Harris Graham on Instagram, that's where I'll be pretty much updating a lot of my stuff. Just keep an eye on that because, like I said, future date, a post-apocalyptic romantic comedy where two people find love in a world that is falling apart. Where I get to play the best role in a rom-com, the best friend. Uh, so give that a watch, uh, <laughs> uh, look to my socials that should be making the, the film circuit soon. And, uh, also if you are not, I'm going to go ahead and throw a shameless, uh, plug in there. You should be listening to reclaim Detroit, which has begun its new season with a banger of an episode that I just so happen to be in also. How exciting is that? That is pretty, exciting. pretty exciting. That's a great series. I mean, it's a pretty great episode. I'll be honest. Uh, Matt has some of my favorite line reads of the entire episode. Had a certain thing I was going for, and he always nails it every single time. Uh, if you have not listened to Reclaim Detroit, a Vampire the Masquerade audio drama, go check it out wherever you podcast or vampiredetroit.com. Very cool. I second that. All right, Race Canis, congratulations on another great win. This was awesome. Tell Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you online. Obviously, you can find me online on Threads, the only social media platform worth having, at Almighty Ray 316 We, of course, will be celebrating this one. I felt good coming into it. I felt ready for what I thought James was going to do, and he played exactly the hand that I thought he would play. And if you let me see your cards at the beginning of every poker hand, I'm going to defeat you over and over and over again. Had James brought the comic book version, I knew he wouldn't. Had he, I think maybe he could have stood up a little bit harder here. That being said, he's the juggernaut, blank. And where can people find you online? Once again, as I started that by saying, threads, almighty, you're going to listen to me one day, James. What? Threads, at Almighty Ray 316 for my reclaimed <laughs> Detroit fans. We have another episode currently in the works, currently in the editing process. I am moving. I'm just going to tell people right now, moving. And so uh, it's on hold uh, until I get that taken care of. I mean, Sorry, everybody. That's it's understandable. Be I mean, it moves are stressful. What, what are you going to do? Listen, I, there, there's so many great versions of Optimus Prime, but the greatest version of Optimus Prime, the one that we all fell in love with, I'm just going to say it, had to be the animated series version from the G1 series. Come on. Really? I've there's... done it too. I've done it too. I get it. Yep. I get it. Thank you. That's just all it is. All right. You can find me on X, a.k.a. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, 
Thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. when Optimus Prime died. Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode. Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No. Different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! No. And Knowing is Half the Podcast. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.